Hello and welcome to Ben's Multi-Story Podcast. Really lucky on today's guest, uh, it is Polar Bear, spoken word artist, aka Stephen Camden, uh, author in his own right, and I was um, really happy to sit down with him and just have a chat about how he started up and how he's a storyteller through and through, and his enthusiasm just bursts out of this one, so enjoy. Okay, um, I'm very fortunate today to be sitting with um, Stephen Camden, um, aka Polar Bear, as was Polar Bear. I'm not sure if you're still Polar Bear anymore. <laughs> Depends who you ask. You moved on to bigger and better things. Who is a um, started off, I guess, a spoken word artist. That's fair. Um, now, uh, author, playwright, kind of all round educator. All right, I love fair, it. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, schools I, and stuff. I hope, yeah, definitely. But definitely. Uh, and one of the things that um, I guess the reason why I was really keen. Uh, to get you to talk about this because is that you class yourself as a storyteller completely yes I do and this is what this is all about this is this podcast is about storytellers and, and lots of different ones and I guess you're probably going to be the purest storyteller that I talk to oh right you um, mean in terms of what in terms of direct line yeah I mean um, my mouth straight off yeah well no not direct as in like foul language and all that stuff no but no, no. But, I mean in terms of like medium like it, it yeah being... you you tell stories I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of people who um use stories or they tell stories through what they do yeah but you physically tell stories yeah, okay yeah I get you if yes, that makes sense yes I do I do definitely. so can we start with the spoken word stuff yes because I was listening to some of it and obviously quite a lot of it's quite old now all of it I think yeah to be honest I mean we're talking we're talking I don't know what were you listening to the YouTube stuff no at home with Polar Oh bloody hell! And that was 2012. You recorded that, but there's a lot of references on there to when you did it in 20, no, 2006. Was it 2012? Yeah, yes. 2012. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. So that stuff. Yeah, I f- I fell into it 2005, 2005. So 2000. So I, before that, I've been rhyming a long time with friends, making music. Um, a friend of mine got a computer, and we found these musical packages, and we started making music and rhyming. I just been something I'd always done since I was a teenager. Not for there was no designs on. We never had a gig. Not not once did we have a gig, or even plan or think about having a gig. It was just we liked having it in our little studio. It just basically saved us going into town and getting into trouble. And um, and then my friend he came he had a booklet, that little A5 booklet like that one. And he was like, right, there's a literary festival, Orange sponsored. You know, Orange the mobile. Yeah, pro- yeah. And he's like, and he'd gone through. And he's like, there's a thing called a slam. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I've seen this on the TV. It's just just rapping with no music. And the, the thing he'd seen was, um, do you know that Saul Williams thing where he's in the prison yard and he's rhyming? He'd seen it on Late Night on Channel 4. He'd seen this guy rhyming, the, and what to him was just a guy rapping in a prison yard with no music. Because this was pre-YouTube, wasn't it? This was yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like what? This was, would have been like 2000. And, yeah, 2005 or 2000, end of 2004 maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely and he's like, let's go down and we'll do some stuff. And I'm like, I, no? What are you talking about? He's like, no, no. There was words like, poetry and, and I was like mate not happening because that was a word that didn't make any sense to me or if it did it didn't wasn't a, a so what po- did you what did you think poetry was then well poetry was was old language on the page or poetry was you know I was aware of things like in the house you'd hear things like uh, Quasi Johnson I knew who Benjamin Zephaniah was but in terms of what a poem was or write, writing up I'd never written a poem I'd never thought about writing a poem um, I'd only poems I'd, poetry I'd read was via school I guess and not really enjoyed it, so it wasn't like a kind of anti-poem thing. Yeah, it was just yeah. more like, oh, why would he do? Why would he do that? And he's like, come on, we got. A g-. He basically just wanted to get, and like he didn't want, it, but he was basically saying, was you, 
It wasn't so like a wheeze. So we went down. You make a fool of yourself. Well, not kind oh. of, kind of. But he, like, you know, basically, bless him, he knew that I wanted to share stuff. But it, I, like, I needed to kick up the arse, basically. And so we went down to this place. We had a couple of drinks. And it was in a comedy club, the Glee Club in the Arcadian. And very we get famous, in there and it's, yeah, it's rammed. And I, I'd never been in a comedy club at that point either. It was rammed. And we're sitting there. And then this guy's coming around going, right, it's all, we're looking for a list to put our names down. And he's like, right, you got to put your name on this piece of paper. And just as I'm going to, so I was going to write down Polar Bear because I've been calling myself Polar Bear with the hip hop moniker thing for a bit, but no one else knew, just us. <laughs> and the second, as I'm writing it down, I've been, I remember writing down Polar Bear and looking at him. And he's like, that's it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, just Polar Bear. That's rubbish. I'm like, no, I've been calling. He's like, something else. I'm like, what? what like what? He's like, write Polar Bear Ninja. <laughs> Right, and I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Polar bear ninja. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's the lamest thing in the world. I'm not a ninja. And, and he's like, but how, how sick would a polar bear ninja be? And I'm like, and you know, like your mates can. We had a couple of drinks. He just hyped me up. And I was like, yeah, by the end of it, I'm like, no, polar bear ninja. To be fair, though, a polar bear ninja would be Yes, it would. Good. I understand. Yeah, in, as an image, but not in yourself. I can't no, say no, that no, I'm no, that. Anyway, no. so I write down a piece of paper. It goes in. Then this dude, a um, guy called Richard Grant, who I later got to know, he stands up and he's the host of it and he starts kind of rhyming this kind of clearly uh kind of um reggae like in influence kind of rhythm this pattern and i'm, I'm looking at looking at like Bloody, all right so this we get what this is and he got a bowler hat in his hand he's like right so first up we've got polar bear ninja and i'm like for a second i'm like ask me so i'm getting up right bricking so first it. up yeah bricking it right i've never bearing this mind i've never once been on stage in my entire life. there was no drama at school there was nothing like that yeah. at all Right, so I get up, hold it together, just speak this thing that I'd written, which is kind of like a stream of consciousness type thing it, that rhymed. Andy's there, get through it without messing up, go sit down, buzzing, like properly charged. Andy's like, Yeah, go on, wicked, wicked, wicked. Sit back down there, we're sitting in the corner, right? We're wedged in, right? And I'm like, Right, we've done. So in my mind, it's over. So we're gonna, and like, but we can't get out because it's so packed. He's like, he's like, he's like, whoa, wait, 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 we can't leave. Half time, we'll go half time, right? So then this next guy, he's like, next up, we got a guy called Big Bren, right? And this big lad gets gets up. He's got an umbrella, and we're looking at each other like, what? Maybe just you know, we don't want to leave it. Someone's going to nick it, fine. But now he gets up and he pulls out some sandpaper, starts sharpening the end of it as he's talking. He's like, right, this one's called shopping, and he just goes into this rant where he wants to kill people when he's shopping because he hates shopping so much, right? And I'm looking at him, and I've, we've never seen anything like this in our entire life. Like, what's this? this is like what we used to see people on the corners, street corners, like shouting at the sky and yeah, that. Yeah. And I'm like, what's this? And I'm a little bit nervous, to be fair, because it's throwing me off. I'm like, what is this now? Right. And then he sits down, and we're like trying to fidget, but we still can't get out. Next, the guy got up. His name was Gil. I remember it to this day, right? Real, like, kind of like an angular face, right? And he gets up, he pulls a chair with him. Puts the chair down on the mic, like just looks at the chair for a bit in silence, sits there, right? Flips it round, right? And then sits with his back to the audience, pulls out this little diary and starts reading what is like a kind of fictional diary entry from like the 1800s from an asylum, right? And it's really vivid. It's, it's quite, it's really powerful. I'm, I'm looking at Andy going, mate, I'm genuinely nervous. I'm kind of like, this is freaking me out now. One by one, people go to, and what becomes clear is, this thing is whatever you want to do. There's angry political stuff. There's, oh, my husband leaves a toilet seat up stuff. It's, it's a thing. And I'm like, right, this is just weird. We've got to get out of here now. Half time comes, and then Richard gets up again and goes, right, that's the end of the first half. 
through to the next round. We've got da 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 and polar bear ninja. And I remember Andy just pulling me, going, "You sit down, because he's fa- you win some cash or something." And we're like, we didn't even know it was a competition. So you we'll sit down. I'm like, oh, we're having another couple of drinks. I get up and rhyme something else. End up winning a phone. So you, you had to do a different poem though. Yeah. And you had one and like. Well, it's a rhyme in my head. There's nothing to do with poems. These were rhymes yeah, sorry, that, I'd, that, sorry, I'd yeah. that I'd written to music. So it was one about um, bumping into an old friend that I'd written basically for him. And I knew them all because we were just rhyming them constantly. Because that, that's other. the one on the, on the CD, isn't it? On the it's called no. Dave. It's about a boy called David. I don't know if it's on the CD. Yeah, yeah, I don't no, know at all. Because you but, surely say you say that that's the first one you did at the Glee Club. Yeah. And it's uh yeah it's the one about you know twenty five and uh, bumping into him yeah, yeah, yeah and getting yeah, older yeah. right so that's the thing right so it's like right and then win a phone and didn't have a mobile phone at the time blue Nokia orange bits down the side oh, nice. and I can't lie to you I'm a little bit merry yeah and we're just buzzing he got twenty quid as well and I'm like well we'll buy a Chinese right so like, I've got a phone and a Chinese now and we're leaving king of the world like and then Richard comes up and he's like right I'm, give me your email address I'm like all right he's like why he's like well there's more gigs. And I'm like, what gigs? He's like, spoken word. I'm like, what's that? He's like, what's what you just did? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, phone, 20 quid. All right, then. <laughs> Gave him my email address. We went on a Chinese and the Bullring steps. They'd just done the Bullring. Like, it was all the new... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, so we, we were, like, up there till, yeah, two o'clock in the morning in pancake rolls, just talking about what this was, what it could be. And then I get an email from him, like, a week later, going, do you want to come and do a gig? Um, it'll probably be like, it'll be like, it's, I remember saying it's like 100 quid. And I'm like... At that point, bear in mind, I was earning like what, 150 quid a week, temping for an Adeco, whatever, right? Just in some office. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Where? Glastonbury. I'm like, I've heard of that. <laughs> Don't know what it is really, but I've heard of it. It's in a field, right? It's a festival. I Don't really know what that means. Boom. And then that was t- that was Glastonbury 2005. So, you. Sorry, man. I went off on one. No, there. no, 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 no. It's it, good, but it just shows. I guess it shows that this. There's no plan there, was there? there was, Mate, there's, there's, there's no um, kind of five-year plan even. There's no list, this is what I've got to do. Not at all. And I think it's like, it's one of those things where it's easy to say, isn't it? You say something like that, it sounds quite romantic and you stumble on this thing and then things kind of take off, right? But that's just me. Like, like if, if I'd have known more about it, or maybe I would have like seen and done some research. If it had been now, and I could find out as much as I can now, it had been as prevalent... Maybe I would have been more on it and made a plan, or maybe I would have been scared away. I don't know. Yeah. But that's pretty much been the way my life has always been, in a sense of like I do what I do something. I remember always being told when I was little, just like to, to be active while you figure it out. Was it what did you? Was it you said that? What why take? This is great. I've used this quite a few times. What? Oh, the wow. whoa, the words. Yeah, that's that's just beautiful. So I mean, it really that, is a beautiful thing. But that's just that's just me, man. I can't. I can't so what say is it? That it's, it's why saying ten lines what you can say in just two, and why saying two lines what you can shut up and do. That was something. That's there's little nuggets of advice that I give myself that you kind of. You, sometimes I pretend they were like given to me. It's mind. beautiful. Well, it's beautiful. Well, thank you very much, man. It is. It is beautiful. And it is just a case of getting getting shit done, isn't it? Yeah. Well, having a, you know just being active in the sense of I I didn't know what I wanted to do. If you'd asked me at 10, what do you want to be when you're older? Wouldn't have had a clue. If you asked me at 15, I would have been, I, I, I'm going to be a footballer. But it really, it wasn't like that was my dream. It just, that was what made the most sense. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm going sixth form. Why? Because I'd met a girl and she was going to sixth form. So I'm not signing YTS. I'm going to go there because I'm going that, right, I'm going to go uni. Why? Geezer in A-level said I should go uni. Phil's going uni. His brother went there. He loves it. Where are we going? Yeah. Leeds. Right. Okay, we're going Leeds. Why? Because Phil's going. There was no like... And it sounds almost ludicrous no, now no, to no, talk no, about no. it, but it was one of those things where it's like, right, as long as I was doing something, 
making a choice. Like, I remember one thing my nan used to, did used to say was like, right, just keep making decisions. You'll make bad ones and you'll make mistakes and you'll learn from them. But if you, if you don't make a decision, that's just a plan for regret. And you're like, right, just make decisions. So have you, because in my eyes, and I could be, I could be wrong here. <laughs> no, but, come man. So you've gone, you've, you, we've gone with that Glastonbury. We've, we, you know, you've, you've made a, a bit of a splash. You've made friends with some quite influential people, mm. you know, along the lines. You know, you can count Kate Tempest as a mate. Yeah. And I think there's not not a lot of middle class people of a certain age that don't love Kate Tempest. You know, that kind of, <laughs> it, it is, you know, she was on Newsnight and all that. She's that kind of thing. And, and yeah. a lot of people who, who've been introduced to her, I think she, what she does so well, mm-hmm. um, and this isn't about Kate, but this is about no, you. But I'm saying what, what Kate does so well is because she opens her mouth mm-hmm. and she's all kind of South London, you know, all right. and then her performances just confound any any kind of prejudice you have against that and you think fucking hell well, I, I don't even know that what, what is that word but, but also I think it's one of those things where like you can things are, you know everything bears analysis these days right people want to kind of go in to me it's just as simple as I believe her you know what I mean I believe yeah. her she's doing what exa- she does exactly what she wants to do and she does it and when she's in it I believe if someone else tried to do that, probably wouldn't have it. Oh. But I, I fully, I fully believe, and it. it's just like right. That's all to me. That's all. Because when really I watch matters. you, you are in the. You're in the audience. You're part of the. You're you're like an extension of the audience. You're when they laugh, you kind of that, that small break. Mm-hmm. Kate Tempest, you've kind of feel she's on that. She, just, a, a bomb could go off next to her. She wouldn't notice. The whole <laughs> of the audience could get naked. She wouldn't notice. I'm sure she, she is, would. Mate. She is on one, and she is going through that, and yeah. it's. It's like it's like a, a powerful train. You're just going, all oh, right. I'm just going to stand back and watch this because this is freaking amazing. Or get on, or get on, or get, on, train, or get on with mean? it, you know I mean? and just go with the journey. No, it's lovely. So, That's why it's exciting, though, right? That's why it's exciting. You've got these uh, flavors is too is too weak an analogy, but like you've got these kind of different versions of what that is or what that means. And the great thing is, just like I, I don't really perform anymore. Like I fell into no. this thing, and the excitement for me wasn't about being on stage. The excitement for me was like. I can say things and people would listen, but but also I can convey things in a way. I basically was learning. I was learning on the job. So you you did this spoken word. And obviously, you made these friends with various people, and you you've done these great things. So then you've stopped the spoken word. Well, it's kind of just stopped. You kind of petered out, I guess, because then you got other opportunities. Or? No, it wasn't. It basically, so like I've I started on the back of Glastonbury. So in between that gig and Glastonbury, I did a bit of research. I was like, okay, I can see what this is. It seems to be quite overtly political. Or kind of comedic. I'm like, well, well, neither of them is me. I want to tell stories. I like using rhyme because it makes sense to me and my friends. And so I started writing stories that rhyme. And then so I went to Glastonbury, shared that, and you know, certain people connected with it, whatever. And I got an opportunity to write uh, my first commission on the back of that Glastonbury, which is a longer thing for apples and snakes. And then I'm like, right. Then I then I start, as soon as I got an opportunity to write something longer, I started playing with. So there were chunks that rhymed and there's chunks that weren't because I wanted to do something I hadn't done before. So it was just it was just all like kind of like a hunger to kind of get better at crafting things. And I started writing longer pieces. And when I'm writing a longer piece, all these shorter pieces are coming out. So I've got a set almost like as a byproduct of learning. And then people are asking to do sets. And then things once things are on YouTube, people assume yeah. that you're doing like 300 gigs. I've not done 300 gigs in my life. I haven't. And it's like what, 13 years later. And it's just like, I w- as and when I would do it, because, you know, if you're going to offer me the, the money I'm going to get in a week, and I quit, and I come and I move down here for a girl, and then I'm a dad. So all these things were changing, and I'm just feeling, it just feels like, I, 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 people are asking me what I want to do, and I'm like, well, I've got a bunch of years from a building site 
with ideas swimming around. I've got shoeboxes full of ideas. And I just want to get better at this thing. So I start writing these longer stories. And so it wasn't like, okay, anything petered out or anything else. It just was, because it wasn't a plan, the only plan was to learn and to get better. And then when I started writing the longer things, they, that, the immersion in that and diving fully into a world and running with character and playing with what narrative was and the difference between writing for the page and for your mouth... They were just that that just was like mm. the most exciting thing. And then people would go like, right, come and do a gig. And because I hadn't written anything new that was short or gig kind of what would fit in that kind of context, I started saying no to stuff. And then that felt really nice as well because it wasn't like, right, I'm not like, oh, I'm above that now or I've, I've graduated to this. It was no, it's an amazing thing. And if I wrote a piece that was five minutes long now, I'd go to an open mic and share it. It's not like a, a you know, a hierarchy at all. It's just like, I just really enjoy being immersed and I have no desire to be on stage. So, so do you, because this is a question I posed to a couple of people now. Yeah. Do you think there is a hierarchy in storytelling? Of course. There's a hierarchy in absolutely everything that you do that's creative. So do you think... It revolves around success and it revolves around money and it revolves around the form. When you come to writing, if you say to somebody, I'm a poet, okay, and, you, and, and then they say, what do you mean? And you, and you say, okay, well, my first collection came out in 2013. You have a rubber stamp from a certain demographic of people if you say all oh, right i'm a poet um i've been performing spoken word now for that very immediately you're lower than the page poet for some people you know depending on who you ask or where it is but even i'd say that's pretty much a kind of across the board and that's and but, but that's just because of it's it seems to some people that it's like it's a less worthy or less crafty for what to be honest there are instances where it really is you know the work that goes into handing something over on the page in many instances, is more thorough and is more detailed and and kind of bears more kind of critique than somebody who can stand up and say whatever they want. I don't think it's a lesser or more. I I don't really care whatever kind of form it is, but you know there, these things are like there's a validity in that presumption on one level. But who cares? Do you know what I mean? So who, who really cares? You say I've heard you say before that you don't like going over and doing things again and again. Yeah. So when it comes to writing your novels, which yeah. are so you this is the the third one you're doing now or you've done that, yeah, um, and they're aimed at I say they're aimed at teenagers, but they're not really are they? They're kind of they're that's where bookshops put yeah, them, yeah, of course. But actually, they're kind of they've they've got teenagers in. They've got re- I, I I find residents in them, but I'm certainly <laughs> not a teenager. Good. But um, there was a bit of kind of like oh right okay I'll, I'll come yeah. on to that in a bit why yeah, yeah. A bit why that echoes with me, but. Um, so I've lost the train. What was I saying? Was you, I saying? you were talking, talking. You were talking about how um, going things over and over. Sorry, again. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to writing a novel, we it's kind of like a spoken word. You'll draft mm. it, and that's fine. You can speak it out, and that's fine. So a novel, which obviously your editor is going to send back, and you say, right, can you make these changes? Can you do that, can you do that. Is that a bit of a torturous process? Is that like it's amazing. It? All right, it's amazing. That's the best. So basically, like the spoken word things, I never wrote down. That was all. With my, I wrote. I'd write them with my mouth until I was happy, and then I might. If it was like a longer than like a three minute thing, I might try and write it out to like test whether I knew it, whether I could, you know, what. and then, but it wasn't like, the relationship was never about learning it. Learning it was speaking it. So it would be, it was for my mouth, which is why I would never, people say, do you want to do, do a collection of them? We'll put them on the print. I'm like, no way, mate. That's not for the page. So it's a bit it's like when you mouth. learn songs off the radio when you're growing up and you just kind like, of, yeah, yeah, you, but, but you're, you're writing a song. You write them, write them down, but you know all the words to them. Yeah. You, and you speak in little bits and you speak a little bit more and of course pattern and rhyme and, and the flow of it becomes essential in that and then and then when you're writing things that feel like more uh, or let, well, that, that didn't rhyme you know keeping it simple then the page kind of became more involved but like 
to be honest, it's all it's all about the the idea of performing. You know, like I've got friends who, if they don't perform for a week, they get down. They're really down because it's what they're supposed to do. I've never once dreamt of being on stage. There's a joke I have with a couple of other friends I, who perform with, like Burko. Do you know Burko? You, know you know John Berkovich? No. no. I, perform, I met him. I'm, I'm going to have to learn. Well, I'm, well I, met, I met him at Glastonbury, right? A good friend okay. of mine, right? And with Inner as well, like jokes. I've never once run over a performance. Never once. Not even like a second over. Whenever, there's, whenever they've needed someone to do less, I've always <laughs> done less. <laughs> Not because, like, just because it's like, right, I, I enjoyed the process of sharing and, sorry, the immediacy of, like, it being there. But I don't, I'd rather just be chatting yeah. like this. And it's why I don't do it anymore. Every now and again, you have an urge to do but it's not. And so we're creating a world. Basically, the amount of work and the amount of, I want to lose myself in something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. right, the, the goal of it, and novel, to me, is more process than product. So it's like, it takes me a couple of years. Yeah. I'll write a full draft of something, then come back and then like one character, then start again. They get really pissed off with me. It takes so long that I don't plot. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, the discovery through it, you immerse yourself in this world. So then, and then the combing through, and I can't like go to write the end for. I can't do any of that. So it takes me ages. So linear, you literally write it linear. More or less, and then you go back and then you comb. But then you make one change. You got to comb through the whole thing again, whole thing again, right? And every time, and yet it sounds laborious, and it is. But it's like climbing a mountain, right? You know you want to get to what it is. And so that almost that thoroughness, so that kind of level of detail is the juice. And it's it's hard. And yeah, there are days when I want to twist my laptop screen and throw it out the window. But I like that it feels like work. Because then it feels like then, then whenever, when, it, when it's done, you deserve the fact that it exists. It's crafting something, isn't it? Yeah, and exactly. It and it's not you. It's not me. Yeah. As soon as I create the world and the characters and, we start, and I'm talking to an editor... Or yeah, when I give it to her to read it first, the first thing it's like, right, it's not me, it's on the table. So now our job is to make that as good as we can, not to make me look amazing. And so that that sounds really self-righteous to say, but that's the truth, man. That's like, I'm not interested in what you think of me at all. Because like, speaking of you though, right? yeah, because I, I I have I guess it's like when artists or like I say artists so I mean by musicians I buy that is when they write a song about which is the first person mm -hmm. and they write a song about them Yeah, you automatically assume that that song is real mm -hmm. I know this sounds a bit weird but no, no, so when not. I'm listening to your poetry mm -hmm. your spoken word or whatever you want to call it your performance there's a lot of stuff in there that is told from a first person yep. and I know some of it isn't real mm -hmm. because you actually quality quantify it certainly in this recording yeah. which is at home with Polar on the speech development records I believe um Listen, that was hilarious. I did, I did, I said, he said to me, do you want to do that? I'm like, right, here's what I'll do. I'll do it if I can do it on my own, in my in my hat, in my bedroom, and only if I can record it all in one yeah. go. If I mess up, I can't. So, like, sorry, yes. So, so Screamy's Pip, who, who, who bless obviously him. makes Yeah, it. bless yeah. him, right. So, um, so there's, there's, I'm listening to this, and there's a lot of them on there, and there's, there's, there's and I don't know, I'm trying to separate. I'm trying to think, mm. okay, right, logical... Now, I know that you're a storyteller. Yeah. And that's fine. But I'm believing all these things you're saying are actually you and your life. Yeah, they are. So how much of those stuff is... I know obviously some of it is obviously yeah. autobiographical. Mm -hmm. There's a bit where you're... There's a bit where you and your sister... The, the NWA, mm -hmm. which, which you can imagine being biographical. But then mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, well, is it? Or is this a story? And I, I, That, to me, is a bit of a, a kind of a, a nod to, you know, nod to you saying what a great storyteller you are. Because... I'm believing all this shit, you know. You, but it's you, a fantastic, it's a fantastic uh, topic or or subject to discuss because there are people that I know who 
it's real to them and it's literally like it's non-fiction it's just a, yeah. a crafted piece of non-fiction yeah and then if they find out that the detail isn't true or, or or didn't you know isn't exact that happened or isn't like they're so offended and like, that's like meeting somebody they're feeling like you know them yeah and then finding out something right so i can fully yeah. understand that as well and then there are people who find that out and enjoy the fact of craft i'm like and it's good i hope this doesn't sound like i'm trying to be like deflecting anything i don't think it matters i think what matters is like whether i you believe me like so everything that's in them either happened or is what I imagined, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, so like the, the the one that sorted me out, the Jessica one that basically like, when it, they put it up, the first time I ever did it, I didn't even know they filmed it, they put it on YouTube and then people started getting in touch. Is that the one with you in the cap? Is that the first time you did it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, fi- oh. I, re- I finished it like the day before or whatever. They didn't even have a name. They called it, what did she call it? Bless her, Danny from One Taste. She called it Dumpling. She called it dumpling. Oh, didn't have a name. Smell fried dumpling. There's a man, yeah. there's a, right. So like, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't. They're filming it, right? And then people start getting in touch, and it kind of like gave me opportunities for stuff, whatever. But um, it's like I when I wrote that, um, we I had we had a we had a boy, we had a little boy, who was nearly two, right? I didn't meet the, the my partner that I'm with now when I was 15 you know and plan this life out but what I do remember doing is when I was 15 I remember having a dream it's going to sound so lame now I, when I was 15 <laughs> I had a dream where I saw a girl and then, and like and like was the girl and then literally three years later from that in the first week of university that girl walked into the room Did is that true? I can't be true can it? I can't have imagined the person that I then met but when she walked in I was so sure and that and so like that was the girl and I was with somebody and that was the girl who is I'm now with who I now have we have two children with and so my son wasn't eight and like, but no, I, no. so I, so, it's, so the it, the feeling is what is true the connection is what is true and as soon as I have a feeling my head just fills with this flicker book of images and they all feel they feel all of them feel like little films to me in my head the spoken word they, the shorter they, pieces they, they, I mean like I said you believe them and, and you want you want to believe them as well. Mm. You want to believe them, and you want to believe. Well, what do you? Be- can I ask you a question then? What are you believing? Are you believing the fact, or are you believing the intention? Do you think? I'm not, there is no hard I'm, answer. I'm believing the story. I'm believing. Yeah. I'm, I'm making pictures in my head. Yeah. You know, when you say, oh, "I'm eight years old," it's set in the foot of my bed, mm-hmm. and and you know, put your vest on and all that stuff. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm picturing you there. Yeah. With him, and it, so I'm making little pictures in my head, like a little film. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because I'm a visual person or whether that's just because it's meant to be. But um, one of the things I do love of yours is repeat. But I love the yeah. video you made of it with yeah. Joe. Was it a guy called Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've been a bit of a kind of a camera, kind of a camera junkie. Yeah, he's a good. I, he's, I, a, he's a good. I, oh, I, I, I tweeted him and I tweeted him, tweeted him, tweeted him. Yeah. And I, I said, well, what camera are you using and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And but I just, I mean, it's uh, it's called repeat. And yeah. It's probably the capital T at the end, and it's on YouTube. Yeah. And it is just and John John Hendicott who did the sound design because the sound's amazing. Yeah, it's brilliant and it's it's filmed on what's got a red camera and there, I, I mean this was, it was a few years ago now wasn't it? Yeah yeah been. yeah. But it's just a beautiful bit of film and you're sitting in the pub, and it's just everything about it mm-hmm. is it, it. The thing about this is there's no pictures of the guys you're with, there's no pictures of John offering no. you a bit of ketamine or whatever yeah, it is yeah, yeah. and all this stuff that you're saying. But you can see you're there you're with Guinness and you're thinking. I know, I know what's just happened. I know the conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. you've had. I know the kind of mates you've got because yeah. I've seen that pub and it's perfect. Well, here's the thing then. Without, I know it's, I think it's impossible to say what I'm going to say now without sounding pretentious. But like, that's what truth is to me. 
Do you know what I mean? If I say something yeah. and you see it, that's the truth. The yeah. truth isn't the relaying of fact. The truth is your connection to it, so it matters. That's what I believe. Factual truth, I can go in, in terms of what's... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We can go to days of who writes it in terms of facts of the history or whatever. But I'm talking about in terms of what that, the goal of that form is to me. For me, it's a go- the goal is connection. So if I, can, I connect to the point where you can see it, and it's and, and it's you kind of see me, but you're not. You're seeing yourself, yeah. right? That's what truth is to me, and that's what everything is in terms of a, everything is a celebration of that that magic that I saw in my nan when I was sitting on the floor, staying quiet because the adults were talking, and she's telling a story with her back turned, and they're all mesmerised. It's because it matters. So right, let's let's jump back then because I. I'm still, I'm, I'm still finding my way the whole storytelling thing, mm. and I. So am I, lad. Well, yeah, yeah you're, <laughs> you're, you've actually, you actually do quite well with it. But no, from a, from a concept point of view, there, because I, I come across people, and I'm trying to work out, and I guess I'm trying to paint in the broadest strokes possible, and mm-hmm. trying to sum people up, and uh, and say that some cultures, obviously, they love their storytelling more than others, um, and some families grew up with storytelling, and some families didn't. You know, you always go to someone's house and they've got no books, mm. and you're like, it's a bit weird, this, isn't it? Because I was always used to having bookshelves and bookshelves. Well, here's the thing. Books. Okay, I would argue. Sorry to interrupt you. Whatever. Go, else. Go, go. I would. I would. I would challenge you to show me a house or a culture that didn't grow up with stories. What? What? You mean the, in terms of the form of them? I right? guess the idea we're no books being, in we're different house. stories, aren't we? We're talking different stories. Yeah. Well, no, um, are we? Are we? Yeah. I what think do you we mean? Are. You mean like you mean like the, the like books? Are you talking about books? I think I think we're talking different stories because obviously um, it's like music, isn't it? There's different forms of music, and I was always a bit sus. And this is terrible. Yeah, My dad was a massive like music fan, and he was always kind of like. What was he into? What was his? Well, he's, he always had the, mo- the more records than anyone else I can imagine. He okay. did. I mean, he didn't. It wasn't like John Peel or anything, but yeah. he had like you know racks of them, and he was always into his Bob Dylan, and, and he's he loves his Bruce Springsteen, and yeah, yeah. he had all the Beatles and the Stones and all that stuff, and he loved jazz as well. So he'd always have the you know early stuff, but like Miles Davis and and and, and Cannibal Adderley and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and he, he used to like put it on and. Yeah, the big reel-to-reel tape player and all this stuff. Yo. So, was, you know, my dad was one of those guys that just had the headphones on. You wouldn't bother him because he just... Okay, so it wasn't a social thing. It wasn't a communal this thing. This wasn't it was a like, communal thing. It was just thing. him. He, he, he'd love to say, oh, listen to this, listen to this. But okay. he would want to lock himself away and yeah, listen to it. So, but I, I, was always, uh, I was always aware of them without mm-hmm. even kind of listening to them, sitting there and listening to them with them. I was aware they were there and stuff. Yeah. So um, I guess th- they were all about stories as well and about music. But I was always a bit weird when I went to someone's house and they didn't have any music. That's not to say that they didn't like engage with music because yeah, they had the radio on or whatever. But yeah, yeah. so I guess the same is true with books. I was always a bit weirded out when people didn't have books because, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's like a, a fundamental storytelling thing. I think it's just because I had them at my house. Yeah, exactly. And when you go to someone else's house and they don't have something, you're like, as a kid, like you know, you're going, well, why is your house different to mine? Why, yeah. why have I got a load of secondhand books in my bookshelves? Or you know, like my dad, mom and dad used to go going to secondhand bookshops and buying old penguins and you know and, yeah, and all yeah. stuff like that. Um, and, and so. I guess the, the, the storytelling, I'm backing myself into a cul-de-sac here, aren't no. I guess, but the, the, the idea that there's different, and they started off this because the idea that um, different cultures, different families have different ways of telling stories. Mm-hmm. And I guess this comes around because I'm a Midlands lad, you're a, from Birmingham, which is mm-hmm. almost in the Midlands. Um, <coughs> sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not even biting. I'm, I'm not West biting Midlands, then. so obviously uh, yeah, it's a real Midlands. I'm, yeah. But, well, I'm I'm Smevic. Uh, well, there you go. Well, it's kind of almost on the border. Yeah, it's not. I mean, if you ask, I'm not really, really brummy. I'm not like, really black country either. So no, kind it's of, like it's no better, man's land. But it's you know, it's it's the cream. <laughs> yeah. It's the cream of the region, shall we say? But, 
because I, I said this before, uh, the, the, the Midlands, there is, there is a tradition of storytelling, um, a, a kind of like a working class thing. Okay. But then there is also um, a tradition of storytelling from other kind of like cultures, from the Jamaican culture, obviously, mm -hmm. that's big on stories. And like Australia, so I guess, and why I'm saying this, I don't know now, mm. it's kind of, I'm, I have to edit all this out because it's just me rambling. That's no, good. But I guess it's, does it depend on where your background is? What does what in terms of your 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 likelihood to be using yeah, stories? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's, that's I guess that's that's the, the bigger that's the, the the short question that I've taken half an hour to ask. Yeah, well, no, it's fine. But I mean, like, well, of course, of course, of course, it does. But that's not. I don't even think that's about culture necessarily. It's about specific families. Like, right? I I grew up, I grew up in a house that was a mix. of people who come from different countries, people who come from Ireland, people who come from Jamaica, um, in the fifties, and were kind of smashed together. There weren't many books in my house. There might have been a Bible, I think, but there was constantly stories. And whether that was that practical, people didn't couldn't bring books with them. Did books not matter because they weren't a functional thing? Quite. It, it depends on who you ask. Like mm. like my 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 grandmother and my 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 mom's stepdad. So we were called my granddaddy. Was my step granddad, if you yeah, can have them yeah. right. And uncles. Kitchen was always full of people, but it was like it's just. That was my family, but I had friends who, who who'd, whose parents had come over, or parents who'd come, grandparents with their parents were second generation Jamaican, and it'd be like it wasn't as prevalent in 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 the, in the house, it wasn't as kind of like messy or kind of bubbly. That was just a personality thing. So what, you know, you talk about going into people's houses and feeling kind of at odds slightly, or noticing that they had no books. I would always go to people's houses and notice how quiet it was, yeah. or how things like my house was like it was there was either like a small kitchen carnival. Or it was a full house carnival. Whether that was the fact that it was my mum's brother and his wife and their four kids, my cousins, all living and with my grandparents, all in the same house. But that, we lived that way for a couple of years. Or whether it was just my grand, or just a stream of people using our kitchen as the hub, like whether it be lodges or local. Like there was always a bubble thing. And when you got people in groups, what else is there? It's just all stories. Whether you're talking yeah. about who, the person that you hate, or what's just happened, or sharing a joke, it was constant. So how many of those stories then filter down do you find yourself? I bathe in it, mate. It's in my pore. It's in my bones. It's kind of like you soak it all up. So does it come out? Because I mean, obviously there's... there's the magic of it hopefully comes out. So things like Tape, your first novel. Yeah. That is all... Um, well, yeah, I guess the premise is that without spoiling it, you're there's right. A, there's a mixtape involved. That, that, well, yeah, a, don't a worry tape. about it. People get worried about spoilers. There's I no know, twist. There's <laughs> a cassette. A, 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 a girl finds a cassette and she hears a voice on it. Or is it a boy finds it? No, so a, a boy voice. records his voice yeah. speaking to his mom who who's passed away. Yeah, twenty it, twenty year, twenty years later, a girl finds a box of cassettes, hears a voice, and like, is kind of convinced it's talking to her. But this is all around cassettes. So that, yeah. that's quite. Um, and I did. I, I have joked with. I think I've sent it on Twitter or something mm. like that. That you need the audiobook on cassette for that because obviously because cassettes obviously they're a bit a slight resurgence, but still they're a very generational thing, aren't they? Cassettes. Yeah, they are. But then you come to my house and like you've still got a life. loads. So it's like it just dep <laughs> it just depends, doesn't it? But I know what you mean. And like it's. But did you get a lot? Did you get any kind of feedback from like? Because I know you do a lot of work with school kids. Yeah, you go yeah, to yeah. schools a lot. Mm. People going, well, what's a tape? Yeah, no. Because it's not about a tape, right? The tape is just like, like there. Are, I remember them. You might get feedback from kind of groups going, adults or librarians going, a bit risky to use a tape as a thing. And I'm like, no one cares about what that is. It's the, the, you record it's it onto that exactly, exactly. And like you might, if I hold a cassette tape up and go, what's that? Or give them a cassette player and a cassette and ask them how to put it in. But that's just to me. What I don't know is always more interesting than what I do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. right. It's, it's one of the things. It's like right. Okay. Oh, oh, I know what that is. I've never once gone. 
I need to I need that in my life because I know what it is I don't become curious about what I already know so and that's that's me analyzing it because I feel like I have to when people are questioning me but I've never really thought about it it was about this idea of the whole thing started because I used to record myself on cassette and didn't when we I didn't we all didn't no I know but I used to check this one out check this one out right I used to rhyme to myself in the future yo Steve I know you're 30 I hope your trousers aren't dirty. Like, it was like I used to, and, like, and I found it. You still got these? Then? I found, when, I, when I went to, went to help my mom when she moved out, found a shoebox. MC Steve, what's this? It's going to be awful, isn't it? Put it on, awful. But look, at that time when I was doing that with no one to talk to, I'd buy that. Mom and dad split I, up. I would buy that. You never had. It's in my house now. And no one's ever hearing that, right? <laughs> it, like, it, like, but like, I was, I was, I was. I didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't feel like I. It wasn't like I didn't want to talk to other people. There were people there, but I wanted to, it was my set with my own yeah, thing. And my yeah. mum and dad split up. I was like, right, writing all these things. And I found, I'm like, right, if I could say one thing, I don't want some cross generational conversation thing like what that film Frequency. I don't want, it's not what I want. But if I could say one thing to myself at 13, what would I say? And then it just became about this idea of hope. And people go, all right, okay. And then it becomes, then you kind of skirt cliche and whatever else. I'm like, no, nah, that's what I wanted when I was 13. I, want, I didn't want young James Bond. I, think, I hated James Bond. I wanted, I wanted, there's a reason why I was nicking Judy Blooms and reading more magazine on the quiet, when, when, in front, do you know what I mean? It's, I wanted a love story. So I wrote that. And it was like, right, yes, the tape is involved, but the tape is only involved as a kind of, as a, a means for these people to feel like they're not on their own, you know? And that sound, the sound of it. So if, so I'm saying, like, they're written for teenagers, people say, or they're, 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 their main protagonists are teenagers. But if you've ever heard a cassette tape, if you've ever recorded your voice, yeah then that's another layer to it. There, there is a beautiful thing. I know you said it doesn't matter about cassettes, but mm. there is something fundamentally beautiful about the the, the sound that Mate, goes around cassettes. That hardware click, that beats software. Yeah. It's just a fact. And that's not that's not a generational thing now. No. If you if you if you record a voice, so your voice with someone, and you revo- you get in a room for ten year olds and we record our voice, right, and we put it into the computer and then I burn the C D or I give you the USB to it, right? Or you got it in your your iPod. Yeah. Everybody wants a CD that's got the, just their name scribbled on it. We all want to touch stuff. Yeah. You can't hold it. It's not a possession. We want possession. We want things, right? We're mag- the magpies in us or whatever else. We want these things. And like I still remember to this day, I used to get on a bus. I used to get on the eleven. I had to get a one forty into Brom, then get the eleven out to Lenny's house, who made the music, and I would leave with that CD of like one and a half tracks and a couple of beats to write to for the following week. And it took me like three hours to get home. Didn't care. I'm holding it. We're on, we made, it's magic. It's like coming it's, home. It's actual magic. Coming on the bus with a record bag. Yeah, man. It? That, that, exactly. That, it's that magic. Inch vinyl. It's magic. And it's whether it's trainers, whether it's whatever it's like, it's like, it's not about, it's not material. That's what's the irony of it is. It's, it, these are material possessions, but it's not material. So on that, because of that then, so I'm really wafted at this. No, 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 no. It's it's fine because I think I I completely agree. I completely say that because I like holding things in my hand, and and that's mm-hmm. why records always were better than CDs because it was more to hold, it was more to read, it was more yeah. something something much it's more. That it's a story. Yeah. Without wanting to get too on the nose, whatever yeah. it is. Well, look, the day you bought it, if you can't remember it, which you probably can. Yeah. Right. If you put it on, you will remember something, a flash. Yeah. Right. The feeling you remember. The feeling's a story. The need to then pass it on and show your kid or your partner or whatever yeah, else—that's yeah. a story in itself. These are all these these, these tiny explosions constantly going off in every direction. So when you got the first copies of your book back, yeah, 
does that give you from a magpie point of view mm-hmm. you've got your spoken word but like you say mm-hmm. you don't even write that down you just have in your head you speak it out loud yeah. people clap and cheer yeah. it's fine you go home you're yeah. a bit buzzed but when you've actually got that box of books that the publisher sent you mm-hmm. and you're holding that and you go I made this you want the truth right it, 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 it's it's very different and yes it was it was so new so the idea of me writing a book was so ludicrous to me at that point not because not in an Oliver Twist way like oh please I wish I could one day but no one like me writes books it wasn't even a stratosphere of possibility never met a writer never knew an author books just appeared so the fact that I was even allowed to do it would you know what I mean like, unashamedly like, it blew my mind and then but then what's weird is it immediately be- didn't become about me it became about right imagine finding that that's what's inside that's why I don't like, yeah. want to perform if I perform there is a satisfaction that comes from knowing I did that and we've connected that's on me but which is great but put that next to the idea of being found so when I get an email hi my name's Laura I'm 15 I live in Deptford I go bookshop on a Thursday while my mum waiting for my mum to finish work and I just trail the shelves I pick them up, pick them up. the other day I picked this yellow one up or this pink one up started reading it next thing you know they're kicking me out of the shop it felt like I was reading parts of my I've just got to say this is dead. and I'm like whoa one second that genuinely is the best feeling in the entire world of being found because there's no pressure the reason the book is exciting is because you can put it down yeah. I don't demand anything of you with a book you close it it's on you so if you finish it you've chosen so that's there's no bigger compliment to me than that than you choosing to see something through that I've do you know what I mean yeah. and I haven't made you do it and it's just like that to be found as treasure that connection I think is probably the purest one for me personally People, people argue like, like the live experience is like that's the purest one because it's the most immediate and direct but I would argue there's a hierarchy in that that it for me personally doesn't feel as good as somebody doing it on their terms and then choosing to come because there's no them. algorithms in a library there's, or a bookshop because, because there is no status there is status obviously because you've written it but you're not thinking yeah. when you're in the book you're not thinking about that then it closes and you're thinking about yourself first if you see me perform you're you're connecting to it obviously with yourself there, but you're thinking about me. The thing that's true because if I watch a YouTube of somebody doing spoken word, I'm looking at them completely. But if I'm listening to it, yeah. I'm forming images in my exactly. head. Exactly. Here's what I think. Here's what I genuinely think is when spoken word stuff. I'm not even say as important. More important is what I think in the first twenty seconds, and it's got literally it's got very little to do with the words. The words are last. It's just it's that thing. It's a house party. If I meet you and I'm not having it, it doesn't matter. You could be the most skillful person in the world. But if I don't, if something about you, the reason why I think you're doing it, and that's just my own stuff. That's what's the, 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 the weird alchemy of it is. Whatever, I, my mood and that danger, that like unknown dance that you could love something and the person that you think is closest to you in the world could hate it, sitting next to you seeing the same thing. That's amazing. But to me, it's not, it's not as interesting as like um, feeling things feeling shared. It's why when I, I wrote a piece, I wrote a storytelling piece for myself at age 10, and I still tour that around like four years. I'd happily do that for my job once a day, twice a day, because it's me t- telling a story, but as we're going, we're talking, and I'm needing bits. It's communal. It's a thing which is a dialogue, and yes, maybe I'm steering it and I'm leading it, but that blew the stuff out. That's what, that's what affected the spoken word more than the books, because it was like, right, if I'm going to use my mouth, 
I don't want to talk nuggets of finished things and for you to appreciate them and think that they're great. I want us to be like, right. And not because I'm on some self-righteous tip to convert everyone to storytelling. No, it's just more interesting to me. I'd rather just talk. Mouth, jump out. Mouth, open, story, jump jump out. out. That's cool. And I wrote another one called Dark Corners. And it's like, right. It's just, that's what it was to me. It was like, it's this communal thing. And like, I know what that feels like. So if you get a drop of that magic, if you come and see that piece, worse ways, hour long, just less than an hour, you leave going, bloody hell, he likes his job. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. But if you've even got a slight inkling to have a go or to think about what that means or to make something up or to share, then you leave with the beginnings because what I've done is we constructed it so you feel like, and then you yeah, they go and they spread. And that sounds really like some sort of manipulative kind of megalomaniac thing now, but like the idea of being the centre of an explosion that starts story spreading, mate, that's the juice. So this feeds into the school stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you do go to schools quite often. Yes. And not just to hang around. No, 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 not to creepily hang around. Although I did ask if I could go back to my old school. I got in touch with my old secondary school. I'm writing the second book. I'm like, and I sent this email going, basically what I thought saying was quite, I'm an author now, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I used to come here. It'd be great to come and just um, walk the halls and chat to some people, get a sense. I want to write something that's kind of loosely set in, partly set in a school. Heard nothing back. Right? And then about two weeks, three weeks later, I look at the email that I've sent and it's seemingly the creepiest <laughs> email you've ever heard Can I come and just hang out, watch some kids? It was just like <laughs> error, right? Error. And then I find out since there's no there's no staff there that used to be there when uh, I was there anyway. But anyway, but it's like yeah, I'm I'm in schools or youth projects, referral units, basically anywhere. I get what I get a lot of is um working with groups who are reluctant or who are seen as like you know not not being forthcoming with writing or sharing stuff or creativity which makes sense because there was none at my school and where I come from is uh, being around people who would have amazing ideas but when it came to like using them to do something they would run a mile for fear of embarrassing themselves or whatever else so it's just that's the best part and even the best part with the book is going so do you get approached to go to these yeah yeah Word spreads, right? Word spreads, and if you've got somebody who, who enjoys what they do, but has a t- can have a tangible relation or tie-in to educational needs or wants or work or kind of helping people boost, you know, reading, speaking, and listening or oracy or writing or anything collaborative working, then that's that's an attractive thing, and it's lovely because it's I would do it anyway. So it's just I kind of and the more I can do it, the better. And even with a book like the best thing about that is you kind of do it and they do a really session then you leave and there's something tangible that's there mm. so there's the book man you don't if you enjoy this wicked if you don't read that in a year it doesn't matter do you know I mean? I'm not telling you to do it now I'm not even saying that everybody should be doing this that's what's the kind of misinterpretation I think is like well run some evangelical thing to convert everybody no but if I'd have known that what I do for a living I'm not famous but I own a living and I live in the capital enough with two kids and my world revolves around... If I'd have known this was on the shelf with accountant and rapper and footballer and drug dealer, then I would have... I maybe would have thrown myself into it a little bit earlier. Do you think you would have done that? No. <laughs> You're right. I wouldn't have... But some kids would. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Nothing before its time. I fully believe that. So so to come back to, to you as a, a youngster... Yes. And you said that you used to do your rhymes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about hip-hop. Okay. Because I know that this is... I mean, well, I don't know this, but it was a pretty big thing in your life. Still is. Still is. So, it was that the start? Was that kind of listening to people rap? Yeah. And, and going, wait a minute, 
this is not easy, but this is, I can do this. Yeah, well, like, it was one of those things where it just, it always felt like, you know, looking back now, when my nan would tell a story, or someone, it was always musical when watching people who could hold people. It was all, and I still, to this, to this day, whether it's a novel or a play or a piece or something, it's all music in my head. Even when it feels filmic, even when I'm writing script for screen or whatever else, the, it's the music that is the kind of the driving or the guide. So it was like, and then here comes along this thing where it was the sounds first, to be honest, rather than the words. It was always the sounds, you know, whether it was Tribal Quest, it really was. The first instance, and it was De La Soul, and it was Jungle Brothers, and it was Queen Latifah. And then, then it was a whole bunch of stuff exactly the same time. Can we just say how good does Queen Latifah look now? Do you know if I've not seen Queen Latifah for ages? She's in, she's in, she's in lots of films and stuff, right? Absolutely. I mean, Man, she always looks amazing. I mean, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. Her oh Moni Love, Moni Love. Oh, I used to fancy well, the pants off Moni let's, Love. Let's all sing a bit of Moni Love. It's a shame, shame, yeah, the way you mess around with my heart. No, um, I still love love that track, mate. Uh, it's quality, but Queen Latifah. I don't know this. She's got some kind of Dorian Gray portrait somewhere because <laughs> she she's happy, maybe. Maybe she's happy, but she just hasn't aged. You know, um, some some people and um, uh, what's the chops? Um, uh, Missy Elliott. Yeah, she lost a lot of weight. And yeah, she yeah, look yeah. A bit she had health haggard. problems as well. well she, she, she had health know, problems as well. And right. she, I think she had that massive kind of success, and she was everywhere. Yeah. And then she tried to look a bit glamorous, and it didn't really quite fit with her. Yeah. And she was like, you, you kind of almost wanted to look back like the Hype Williams days of the videos, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> she didn't really kind well, of she fit was the, in. Yeah, but she was the coolest. Right? Oh, Missy Elliott. I'm not, I'm like, not knocking her for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when she put a stamp on something, it was incredible. But Queen the teeth, on the other hand, she just, I just, I'm looking Someone at Someone asked Thelma, someone asked Thelma, you're like, right, if you told me, she, she, like, at one point, Queen of was going to introduce herself and say, like, I'm 75. Yeah, People are like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, but that's just. The Angela Bassett, it's like, yeah, you know. True say. It's like when I see one of the Tina Turner story, Angela Bassett, at the end, when she turns back into Tina Turner, I'm like, oh, I'm disappointed now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really disappointed. But that's that, just, that, that's like a, that's genetics, right? That's just a gift. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that is. But no, so, sorry, but, that was a, that was a, uh, yeah. So back to um, the hip hop. Rhyming. The rhyming. So let's let's um let's cut the chase then. Yeah. So your top five hip hop albums. Come on. What are you talking about? You top of your head. Top five. No. Yeah. I can't, I can't choose top. It depends on no, the day. No, you can. You can. There are ones that I will always draw for. Let's go. One Come of them on. will be Stakes Is High, De La Soul. The other one will probably be Slum Village, Fantastic Volume Two. Another one would be. Oh, there's too many, man. Lab Cabin California got me. I'd say there were ones that I pretended to like more than I really did. Like, I'm a big fan of Wu-Tang. 36 Chambers I loved, and then... And or things like that, or things like The Chronic or Doggy Style, I kind of pretended to like them more than I really did. It was always the Tribal Quest stuff. So, Midnight Marauders. Um, it was the stuff that was warmer, you know? Yeah. The angry stuff never really got me. Because, i got to be honest, even to this day, I mean... I mean in terms of rhymers, Farrah Munch was, was still is my favourite. Aesop Rock, it was it was that thing where there was when I was I'd find stuff in it, but it was it, it, weirdly my connection to hip hop has never ever been words. You know what I mean? Like it's it was it was I the words were just another instrument that I liked. So it was about the patterns and the flows and the oh. tone of voice, but it wasn't like I sat down to learn lessons or like I liked I loved uh, when I'd hear a rhyme and. and kind of land on a metaphor or something like that but I never I never really liked and still to this day I don't really like overtly narrative tracks never did someone like Slick Rick it was like I just liked his voice yeah so it's a weird one because you, people assume that you kind of would because you kind of that was just stuff that kind of came out but I like the stuff that so the Public Enemy that kind of Public Enemy like, like Nation of Million that album 
I could feel how important it was. Yeah. And I went to see when they came and did it, like, and they did it like, the right way around. So the B side was actually the A side, and they did it back to front. And like, I knew how important it was, and it moved me, but that wasn't, it didn't, I didn't feel like, it, I didn't own it as much as I felt like I owned um, the tri- my Tribe Called Quest albums or De La Soul albums. There is that thing about hip hop, isn't there? Um, that you're expected to like everything, but actually, yeah. you yeah. know, oh, I like hip hop. It's like, well, yeah. do you know what? You've got your Tribe Called Quest on one hand, and then you've got your Wu Tang on the other, and, and yeah. all your NWA, and they yeah. are pretty different. Yeah, they're pretty, but I mean, it's one of the things, it's, it's just mood, isn't it? It's like sometimes you feel like, but it's more, it's just like songs. People say, like, who's your favourite, like, artist or favourite poet or favourite filmmaker and like I don't I like films and I like songs and I like poems do you know what I mean like I, I know, there are people that wherever they do I'll get it yeah. MF Doom the reason I own everything he's ever made just because I find him interesting and I'm do you know what I mean or certain filmmakers or it's like you know someone like if, if Gene Grey's making a project I'll buy it then listen to it you know because I just I, I find her interesting and I always have done and like, but it's like it's it's not the broader you try and be, is always going to slip up because you know, particularly in that in that realm as well. Where and there's a certain there are certain things that are in language that I'm like I don't like, and I've got my favorite favorite rappers. You could probably all of my favorite rappers. You could probably at some point find something that they've said that I've gone oh, and you go no, but it's because it's in character or whatever else. I'm like I don't really care, so I, I swerve that song completely. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like a thing of like, you listen to someone like, well, you listen to someone like Aesop Rock, all the company flow stuff, the Def Juck stuff, all that stuff where I'm listening to it now and still feel like I'm deciphering little bits of it. When I'm in that mood, that's great. But most of the time with hip hop, it's not about the words, it's about the sounds and the voice as a part of it and just fitting and not overdoing stuff. You know, the simplest stuff, if it's the right voice and the right flow and the right um, mix, that's what it is. It's a feeling rather than the. Th- it's my body and my gut rather than my head. So do you still listen to it all? Yeah. But do you listen to new stuff? Or yeah, or I do. You... Yeah, I do. I, I like. I check. I check all things out that come in my way. I mean, but but what happens invariably now is there's a few things that I like and feel I'm liking them as they are new. But a lot of stuff, I, even if when I really like it, I like it because it reminds me of something, and then I just go back to what that was anyway. Yeah. I mean, people that are kind of like now who, I don't know. There's a group called Rat King, uh, who were actually on XL. They were here, right? They had an album called So It Goes, about four years old now, I think it is. It's incredible. It's amazing. Sounds-wise, the the production, the choice of rhyme, the use of what it was, nothing, it's a real journey, and it's gorgeous as a collection, and angry and and succinct and political, and it's gorgeous, amazing. Um, What else did I like? Um, you know, people talk about I guess big people. Um, it's someone like someone like kind of J Cole. But when I listen to him, it makes me want to listen to Far Side. It makes me want to go. It makes me think. And you go right, okay. Listen to Kendrick Lamar. He's interesting. But I gotta be honest. My favorite Kendrick Lamar song is a song called Rigor Mortis, which was on Section Eighty back in the day. And like the albums, as cinematic things, feel like they do feel like watching films, like Pimp a Butterfly or Good Kid, Mad City. You listen to it, it feels like watching a film, and that's a different type of enjoyment. And I like the fact that that stuff exists because it's the attempt and the, the scale of it and like the skill involved. But then you know, you'll, then you'll say a oh, new Kendrick Lamar and you click on it on YouTube and you're like, what the hell's that? Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, so it's not about. Whereas before it was like it was artists. Yeah. Now it feels like I'm more cherry picking, which I guess is just natural. As you is when that you, natural as, as you get older? Is that just the way that both, because of the breakdown? I think it's both. I think it's, I think it's both. 
but I'm, I'm I like to think it's natural because I'm getting older and that that just feels right. I don't want to own everything anymore. Do you know what I mean? I want to dip in and dip out. I know so I've much. got I own enough. You know, yeah. I own enough, and so it's like that's that's kind of fun. And we know, you know, it's like when you when you, ha- when you have children, what I really like is just bringing things to the front and then just disappearing. And I never know. I think I know which ones are going to grab them, right, and you, you never do. No. And the weirdest thing, like our youngest, right? He's eight now. Right, um, massive into Michael Jackson. Right, also massively into a French hip hop crew called Cyan Super Crew. Right, massively into them. Right, just started listening to NSYNC. Right, and I remember going, oh, I'm like, you listen to NSYNC, pop music, right? We have a, we dance our asses off to NSYNC in the thing. It's not there's all that's gone. Which MJ though? We're not we're not talking dangerous and bad, are we? We're talking we're talking off the wall. We're talking thriller. We're talking bad for sure for him, mm. and we're talking um, yeah, we are. No, danger doesn't come into yeah. it. He knows black and white, but he likes the video. But it's a mix. It's a mix of all. So it's he'll, a good video. when he's in charge, it'll be a mix of. But you're saying, oh no, 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 no. I, I, all I, that's gone, mate. I don't know when it went, but I don't have any of those feelings. Really? If he came to me and was like, right, I want to listen to. I'd be more. I'd be more offended by some stuff that was. I don't know what I'd be more offended by. I wouldn't. I don't think things I would. that aren't honest, maybe. Yeah, but what's that? Because if it's honest to him. I guess so. I just some, don't. I don't really. Some some some. some uh, my dad used to say, all of it. Used to, it's what he, the term he used to say is just dustbin lids banging together. That's what he used to say, and he decided that. And I'm sure part of why I don't perpetuate that is because a kind of middle finger to him or whatever. I'm sure that's part of it. But it's just like if you're into it, it changes constantly. It's this thing is like I'd, my whole thing for everything, without it to sound like you know some TV channel. It's just no pressure. If you want to listen to it, you listen to it. If you like it, in like if you name one, if if you look, I'm not going to pretend to like it either, and that influences it as well. No, I suppose. I, I suppose. don't want. I don't want you to be a mini me. It's like right. If you're into it, you're into it. You might not be in in six months. Who cares, right? If you're enjoying something, I'm not going to tell you not to enjoy something. You know, maybe unless it's like black tar heroin or something. But it's just like <laughs> do you know what I mean? So right, that's it's like I'm not. It's not my. It doesn't feel like it's my job. And it's like I think that it's it's a dangerous territory when you. And, but of course, there's a gut response. If I if I if I might like, deal, put some music on, and I'm in the kitchen cooking, and what you hear like some Stevie Wonder starts, or like some Joan Armour trading, or Talking Heads, or something start, and you're like, that's amazing feeling. That's amazing. And then if it's like, um, Everybody by Backstreet Boys. I love that as well because it's, it's quite like, a track like that. It's it? amazing, it's mate. Yo, listen, it's we're into the Backstreet Boys at the bit. Select few, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Justin Timberlake first album when he went solo, and a couple of Timberland project, produced tracks. It's amazing pop music. Yeah, amazing yeah, pop music. Yeah. And it's hard not to dance to it. So it's like right, you don't need to. And I guess it's the tricky thing is it's like right, the stories are that you know we've talked, you've referenced it, you referenced it directly when you're talking about stories is music, and the attachment of that. If I hear a track, if I hear a Desmond Decker thing, or if I hear Toots. If I hear old kind of like Calypso, I'm six. I'm crawling around on my knees, nicking cashews and stealing bits of baby sham, while the adults are all dancing. Do you know what I mean? Have if you I... ever heard Maya Angelou's Calypso album? No. Yeah, Miss Calypso, it's called. No. Maya Angelou, she does some cold classic Calypsos. Boom. Yeah, no, it's really good. I That's tra- going to be like some like seven hundred quid on eBay. No, though, no, no, I can't. Make, I found it in HMV. Oh, no, What's um, it called? Miss Calypso. Okay, I'm gonna write it down after. Miss Calypso, Maya Angelou. Um, yeah, and she does some cracking tracks on it. And I, I, I met my Angelou once at a book signing. Yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that was one of those things where you went. That was that was when in our house and you go to houses that they if they were going to see a book, yeah, I know you'd what have a, it'd be a Bible. It would be like, and then later on, like I remember, like Tony Morrison being a, he'd been a big deal. Like jazz is still one of my yeah. favorite things of all time. But like there would be because 
it wasn't that it was stock it's just that they didn't they were like there weren't that many voices being published no 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 and she's so, quite a, you know um, what I mean and so, so when I found this there's like and uh, I was looking at these listening and there was a clip there with my arms I was like sure that's not the arms picked up got it yeah no she's and she's got quite a good voice on her as well wicked so it's worth it I will be worth, finding that worth, man. No, that'll take you back there's probably some tunes on there you're yeah. just like oh man because they're all reggae tunes yeah yeah well, but it's just what's nice because you know on the flip side of that before like they kind of split up like my dad was like and my mom they were full like Black Sabbath uh, Thin Lizzy um, who else yeah like mm, like it was rock was a big deal as well and then and then you'd have the kind of more kind of folky stuff like Nick Drake's were always around and Neil Neil Young my dad didn't like Dylan for some reason he didn't, didn't like Dylan I, I think like people Dylan. like that he's a bit, he, bit exactly yeah, you yeah. know my mum was more stones with the Beatles than the yeah, Beatles yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff but it's like it's just I that was just amazing stuff and like it's the good stuff kind of lasts but it's, again it's all stories because it's like right I remember sitting and watching the Sledgehammer video for the first time the Peter Gabriel thing and going what yeah. the hell how can you even like and it was like and I've got to watch Morph and like Morph is rubbish show me, <laughs> show me like Sledgehammer but like but that, that's me sitting on the floor that's I'm just a scrubbing brush that's yeah, not a dog but, but, <laughs> like, but like that that song yeah. is now is a picture now pink sofa yeah blue carpet we just knocked the wall through so it's still plaster we're kind of hanging off the walls or whatever we're watching it top of the pops it's Thursday yeah. right bam then who's there that's a story it's the start of a story it's like it's not even so about like finding them you you yeah. you your stories are kind of and I'll wrap up soon because obviously I don't want to take too much time no you're right man but your stories appear to me yeah to be and I don't mean this in a derogatory way no, a on. massive collection of minutiae yeah they're like the little details so how hard do you find it to do a narrative arc? Because obviously you've got this collection of these little moments, yeah, which yeah. are beautiful little moments, and that's why kind of I enjoy your stuff is, mm. is just because it's like, you like you say, those little moments, and you go, I remember that, that, that mm-hmm. bit there, or that rug there, or I remember this there. How then do you... It's the movement of it, right? It's like it's, things have to kind of move, and I think the difference with, with a novel and the fun of a novel is, is finding that, and the way I come in, it is hard. You know, I, my editor won't even start writing a first line until he's plotted the whole thing out in his head or on paper in fact and then he starts if I do that I can't do it right and the analogy I've been, I keep using is like tidying your room like my sister Saturday you have to tidy your room mum sends us upstairs Jenny goes to her room that goes there that goes there bam 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 hour later she's done neat right I walk in yeah. prize the door open pants and I'm, and I'm like ooh photograph yeah. remember her from Butlins yeah. last year now I've got to get the mixtape out now I've got to get the t-shirt that she nicked from her brother and give them. I've got to get that out when mum comes up at lunchtime it's messier than it was when I started I'm like that but at the end of the day she gets into a neat bed has the satisfaction of that I get into a neat bed have the satisfaction hers came from being efficient and neat mine came from feeling like I was on a treasure hunt in my own bloody room yeah but the goal, the end result is the same, but the, the enjoyment and the satisfaction is this different thing. So I meander. I, I, I create people that feel real, then I follow them. I might make something happen, then I see. And what happens invariably is I'll write a whole book and go, oh, no, 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 it's not that. And they'll go, no, this is all right. And no, 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 it's him, but it's not that. Come back again. Needs go to do again. this, needs to do that. Yeah, and then, it'll like, and then you, before you know, they start growing, and then you always doubt, and doubt comes in. You're like, right, where's this going, whatever else. How easy is it to step out of you as a character, though? Because you've got your experiences mm-hmm. so to put yourself into the mind of a 14 year old girl mm-hmm. who was maybe born in 1985 mm-hmm. and has lived through a different mm-hmm. seen history through a different period yeah. how hard is that as an author because that always struck, I don't, struck I, me I don't want this to sound weird or creepy or self I don't see them as different I don't see them as different but do you worry your cultural references come into play 
and you will go, okay, well, I used to watch like, wrestling on Saturday with me nan or whatever. No. It's, because it's different it, from all the chart show you want to reference, but actually you can't do that because we, the no, chart because, show didn't exist. Well, no, because if you, find a, if you create a person first, the person exists in the world, and then you have to be true to that world. So if you're thinking about... I, n- I never think about a reference that I want to use. I think about what this person wants, and then I'm like, where do they exist? Okay, what, and, if it, and then maybe a feeling comes up. And okay, what is that feeling? And I go, oh, but my, my version of that would be this. So that's you not, have to. Well, kind of, but I don't, it didn't. It never works that way. Once you, if it, when I, when you take the time to create somebody real, it's like, it's not even an issue, because it's not like okay, right, I know what I want to say. I don't. I'm following her now. And, and that's I, why I'm not an author. Yeah, so, no, but maybe. But but then there are people who would argue completely different. There are people who go yeah. right. I know what I want to say, and my characters yeah. are a device to say what I want to say. And I'm sure, depending on which way you look at it, it's all true. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could say that, you could analyse my stuff and go, well, I like, he used this plot point. I'm not conscious of it, but maybe that's what's happened, yeah. you know? And I get a lot, what happens with a lot is, in the edit, everything in mine becomes longer, which is hilarious, because basically what my worst fear is saying too much. Don't get me wrong, I might take too long to say things sometimes, but I, I'll get so worried about spoon-feeding or explaining that I don't say enough. So a lot of the conversations with an editor are like, right, if you want to say this, it's not clear enough. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I think you're doing it. I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Like, well, make it clear then that you're not doing that. Do you know what I mean? And then like, that you literally, then it's literally like an archaeological thing. And that's hard work, but you know what you're trying to get to. You want to you're going to get to the skeleton in the end, so it keeps you going. And you're there at four in the morning, dusting off the bones and whatever else. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's like, it's, it's that weird thing. It's the reason it's hard work, so people look at it, and because you say that you like your job, that means it must be fun in the way that someone's outside of work existence is. No, it's it's all it's all wrapped into one. I love what I do, and it's fun, and it's really hard. But it, it the, the satisfaction is different. Before it was work was satisfying because it, I was doing this to get the money. Then I'm going to play. I'm going to chill. That was satisfying for that. Now it's all it's this big messy ball, and it's why like I don't know what's going to be happening in a year. And I don't, you know, and I'm, but like that just suits. I'm tidy in my room. All yeah. I'm doing is just tidy in my room constantly. And I'm knocking out a book on the bottom. Yeah, and you ask my sister. Right? My sister thinks I'm nuts. You've got two kids. Well, how do you not? I'm not just, it's me, sis. And she knows that now, so we'll pass that. But like, do you know what I mean? It's just that I don't know anything other than I enjoy tidying my room. Yeah. And so I'm going to carry on doing it. So, just to finish off, right. when's the move into films then? <laughs> because you said that you love the process. Yeah that produces the product well I've written for the screen films take up all your time they're all yeah. processed and hardly any product in the end of it you look at the end of a movie yeah. there's like a thousand people who work on that yeah, film yeah, what yeah. do they do what but also like you know for every thousand films that get written not even one will get made so you what so I like I always write for the screen but for myself like little scenes of stuff or short films and stuff we wrote a short film with Joe actually directed repeat and he's my part is done He's going off trying to kind of make right. Um, I'm messing around with an idea now. I've got an idea for an episodic story, which in my head is half an hour. So I'm writing these half, trying to write the first half an hour of these things. I'd love, and I work on scenes. And on my partner, she's a script developer and she's a director as well. So it's like we're constantly talking ideas and stuff. Like it's not, but again, it's like it's it, when the idea is right, you can kind of run with it. If an opportunity came up, like I've, I've been asked a bunch of times, I've been sent scripts to help people with dialogue someone's decided that I'm alright at writing people talking and you go can you make that not rubbish or can you make that <laughs> do you know what I mean and you go okay yeah. let me see what I'm and you're, oh alright not and rubbish I'm great at not rubbish but yeah, but then, you, then you write you write for other people to speak on stage like I've written a couple of plays for other people to speak and that in my head that then that, that the tricky thing with that is 
not thinking of it as a film because immediately I think of it as a film and the stage is something very different. There are qualities that you can try and kind of blur and bring over, but if you write a film just for this, it's not, you're losing or you're missing out on something that's an opportunity, you know? So it's like, as and when, basically, is the so answer. So there's no, there's no uh, approaches for publishers from publish, to the publisher to, to option your, your the novels then? There have been talk about it. Because ta- tape, to me, is a... Is a it's been talk about it. It's a children's, it's like a, a, not a children's film foundation one, yeah. but it's that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite a feature film, but it'd yeah. make a great TV. Yeah. But there's been, there's, been, there's been talk about it, and like, part of me not thinks, quite a feature film, that's terrible, I don't mean no, that in a sort part of Part of me thinks, well, part, the way I think about it is, right, for better, and I'm sure this would change if like, uh, uh, somebody drove up and offered something, but like... There have been people who got in touch with it, and I I wrote it as a book. So, to for it to be a film, either you'd have to just take it and reimagine it, or you'd stop writing. Something. And I'm like, well, let's just write a film. Do you I know what I mean? So, but when I'm when I read it, I, I kind of had it, maybe that's the, that's the like I said that's, that's the what beauty, I, think, I think that's what your is. storytelling is that I've got I can imagine the back fence at the back of the you know what I mean? it was where I grew up. But that's what I'm saying. That's what's exciting to me. I'm like. Ask anyone back home, they'd be like, "You're mad." Someone offers you to do. It. I'm like, "No, no, no!" But that what he just said, he can. He's got the film in his head already, yeah. right? Surely, and not, and you get manipulative. You take out speech marks in tape. So, like, right at some point, you're not even sure who's talking. You got to say it out loud. That the idea of you speaking out loud, that kind of thing. So, like, right, I'm trying to celebrate this stuff. I don't like. I'm saying, I'm not planning. There's no plan. I don't want to get to a point where I'm now. Oh, now I've made it. You're never gonna hear me say I've made it because I've got no desire to be anywhere do you know what I mean or at BAFTA now or nah man or, or you've won this it doesn't matter Freedom of Birmingham it doesn't matter that, that's another matter but, no, <laughs> but I've got the, the, the words that are on the fountain in Brom now that's like that's what gets me extra potatoes at Christmas <laughs> I don't give a I'll never I'll never knock anything for Brom but it's like it's it's a night it's like it's not just it's hard to talk about without sounding kind of self-righteous it's just my version mm-hmm. I'm like I'm really really lucky not because of the opportunities because I work hard I'm lucky because I mean it when I say there's no designs and it just that just fits if I was saying that I'm really thinking oh bloody hell where's this mortgage or whatever else or, do you know what I mean I need to get that why is he getting that I've got to pay oh he's got that yeah. I'm like just, just don't do it man I, I've never done it to start with it was because it wasn't even the realms of possibility then it was it just seemed like a waste of energy now I just don't have time don't have time man Like we're gonna be, we'll, be, we'll be dead in a bit and I've got loads of stories. There's loads. Of, do you know what I mean? Like that—that's dangerous territory to, to, to spill into in terms of being self-righteous. So cut me off now. Do do a thing that like. Yeah. No, no, so one last thing. Yes. One last thing. Come. Have you got a story that you've seen a film that you wish that you'd come up with? I know there's going to be millions of them, but is yeah. there just one that you go, "Oh, that's so like I would have done, but they've done it really well, and I, I wish it was me." Okay. There's two things that are like that. When I remember when we first heard original pirate material right and he started talking 2002 right he started talking uh, and we and, and me and andy looking because we've been making tracks right we didn't know what we were calling it it didn't feel like we were right it didn't feel like hip-hop what we were doing it felt like we were just trying to put these words and things together and then we li- that the, the, the single we heard it on the radio and the album was already out when we heard it bought the album got the cd and put it on i remember just looking at each other going fair enough man and we just stopped because it was like right that's that was like what we were trying to do but better because it because we were always slightly removed do you know what i mean he was more of a wide boy than we were and he was more english than we were so yeah. there was no authentic- authenticity in that and 
And then we knew a bunch of people who really didn't like him because they thought he'd nicked ideas and buggered off or whatever else. But it was like, and there was that controversy, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, like, all that's, that I think that's bollocks. Like. All that's bollocks to me because he's talented. And like, I've not, I'm not really. In, I enjoyed the last one. Yeah, computers and blues. I've only even gotta be honest. I only really liked the first one, and then it's okay. But only, only ever liked the first one, the last one. I, I can listen to computers and blues endlessly. It's the one. It's the one album I can put on mm. that doesn't distract me from whatever else I'm doing. There's a track on there called Trust Me. Yeah. Love it, yeah. right? And I, you know what I mean? I the stuff in the middle. Like, genuinely, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't enjoy. It, I'm not really paying attention. To it, but that first one was like, we're just going. Ah, that's what we were. Pl- yeah, let's leave it because he's done that, right? And then, there, then, film-wise, there's a film. Speaking of film-wise, though, quickly, mm. a grand don't come for free. That to me is a soundtrack to a film. Yeah, and it was just when I first heard. I've not it, heard was, it all the way when through. When I first man. heard it, I was just thinking because it's got a few catchy tracks on there that, mm. that they keep playing. Yeah. She's fitting, she's out, and I know all that stuff. But I, I, there was the one thing, and I know there's a couple of videos they've done on it. But I thought the videos were a bit rubbish because they, in my head, the film that it was of yeah. was a much better thing than the actual videos they produ- he produced. I don't know. I've not listened to it. The bits yeah. I did, like, I didn't like it. I didn't like the sounds as much. Yeah. The warmth of the first one, even though there was yeah, some, yeah. Or there was some jarring bits, there was a warmth in it. And there was a roughness in it. This one felt more garagey, more logicy. You know, it, the, it was like yeah, much it, more, much more and, planned. And, and, and then, and then it became. It felt like it was more about. It was more literal, in a way. That we didn't feel as poetic. I guess thinking, thinking back at, at the time, I didn't know what. But that's I the first like album it. thing in it. A lot of people have those, all those ideas that they put together. And yeah, then, maybe, maybe. But I, I don't felt know. Like, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But also as well, the idea of like celebrating something as a concept. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really, I didn't really get him. I've not, I don't, I did't really kind of attach myself to it. So anyway, it just didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't. I'm not, so didn't film. Sorry, I'm film. Done. There is a film called A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints by Tito Mondial, who basically it's about a guy who's from an area of um, Hell's Kitchen, I think it is, in New York, and leaves, and kind of comes back, and it's about the history and the weight of the past, and um, that. I think it's. I'm telling the truth. I've not. Dead Man's Shoes, actually. We. I've not. I've only seen it once. We went to. Me and Andy, same guy, went to watch it at the cinema. And we watched it and we came out. And we didn't speak. We went home. I was stopping his ass. We got into bed, didn't sleep, didn't speak at all. Woke up the next morning. And it was because we knew that. Like, we knew those guys. In some cases, almost actually. Like and it was it was like it was a bit too close, but it was it was and I never want to. I bought it. I'll probably never watch it again. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just that was exactly yeah. what it was. And I'm like and very 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 British. Very well. Just it was just that thing. It just just the the ugliness of what that is. That meanness. That the t- everything. But the sound. Everything about that and the performances were amazing. That there's a Towns Van Sant song called Columbine, which. If I could sing, I wish I'd written. Um, there's, I could, I could list an absolute stack, man. I mean, like, think about books. Yeah, don't even start me on books. I mean, we mentioned it already, but jazz. Tony Morrison's jazz. Bloody hell. I mean, pretty much perfect in every way. In a sense of like, you don't want to rush to use words or whatever, but I think it's a masterpiece. Um, and yeah, that's most. All my, that all I'm thinking about now is food. Like my favourite meals that I wish I wish I could cook as well as other people. Do you know what I mean? Then I think about my nan. But yeah, that's that's about it really. All right. Well, thank you ever so much for uh, talking about stories. Um, did so we talk about stories? We did, did we? talk okay, about good. stories. No, we did. We okay, did. Good. So we've got the third book coming out. Just just uh, 
I was going to say, what does the future hold for Polar Bear? But as we know, we, we don't know what the future holds for Polar More Bear. More stories. Well, for Stephen Camden, yes. for author, for whatever. But it could be anything, couldn't it? Let's be honest. It'll definitely... But it will be stories. Yeah, for sure, mate, for sure. Yeah, the new book comes out uh, end of May, Nobody Real. And then, yeah, more, more stories. Brilliant. Nice one. Thanks, pal. You're welcome, mate. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please subscribe for more of the same with different people talking about storytelling, um, covering different aspects. Uh, drop me an email if you can if you want. It's hello at epicureben.com. And any suggestions, anybody wants to be on the podcast, if you like storytelling, if you've got a story to be told, don't know, I'm just witchering now. Really, I'm just, just going on about stuff. If you listen to this point, well, I mean, well done. I mean, really well done. And to be fair, if I was awarding badges, you'd get one. Um, yeah, but I'm not. Well, could do, I guess. This all badges made, couldn't I? I love getting my stuff made. But uh, that's just me. Anyhow, ta-ra. <laughs>